Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Welcome back. Today we have another special Behavior Blueprint one-on-one coaching session live coaching session so you get a sneak peek into what those sessions look like and I just wanted to share a little bit about it because of the editing process and needing to shorten these from an hour down to much less so you can get a little peek but it doesn't take up a large portion of your day and in that um I removed a whole chunk about the stay listening and how to help work through some of the separation anxiety. If that's something that you're interested in and you haven't gone and listened to the first behind the scenes live coaching that I did, I would go back and check into that one and listen through that because we talked a lot about some of the same things, processing the fear and aggression and what that might look like with stay listening, making sure you're getting the breaks you're needing until you're able to stay calm through them. Today we're diving into a lot of intense behavior, but a little bit different strategies. So I wanted to give you a little bit more depth into some of the other things that we talk about here on the podcast and in the sessions and how that might look within you know, your home and the behaviors that you're seeing. The other thing that I wanted to mention about this session is that we talked a lot about how sensory strategies and sensory processing can be a huge need. And sometimes we can work through those things and resolve reflexes that need to be integrated, get a good sensory diet going, and we're still not seeing the results of better regulation. And I think the main thing that I have noticed, particularly in my own occupational therapy career and what I was doing before I learned all this information and now going forward, all of that is still very important and I'm not negating that. I think that's needed and necessary because that contributes to behaviors as well. But I think we also need to recognize there is a root cause of the behavior. And if you have gone through reflex integration, if you have gone through getting a sensory diet in place and you're consistent with it and you're not seeing improvement, it's because there's still deep-rooted issues of behavior that need to be worked through and processed through and some of that emotional healing. And that is where these principles that are strategies that we're talking about, connection-focused strategies, come in handy. So that being said, let's dive in. We're mostly, I'm mostly um, just dealing with behaviors with my oldest, my youngest, I normal toddler things. So I'm not really having a hard time with her at this point. Um, my oldest daughter has some other issues going on. So um, struggling with her behavior. She, we were doing occupational therapy. We're taking a little break. <clears throat> um, she had some like retained reflexes and some sensory processing differences. And 
she's always been higher needs, just kind of exploding a bit in the last year or so. Um, we adopted her at birth. And so she had some, had some issues and was in the NICU and had, which is basically day one, higher needs, a lot of stuff we had to deal with and just the bonding, you know, we really worked hard on that. She had a lot of separation anxiety, a lot of that when she was young. I mean, still does. She still has, um, deals with that. So we started noticing the sensory stuff like fairly early, just cause I, I had been reading a lot about that. I knew with some of the stuff she was exposed to that we would be dealing with this at some point. So like the impulse control issues. So I knew what to look for. So I had noticed her stuff very early. So we did start OT pretty early. And a lot of that was very helpful. I was given a lot of tools, a lot of help with regulation and some of the reflexes that we were working on, like retained reflexes. And um, we, we made a lot of headway with that. And, but I just feel like as we're approaching four, things are just, (laughs) I'm stuck. I just, I can't, I can't give her, I feel like there's not enough hours in the day to give her the connection she needs. It's never enough. It feels like it's never enough. I feel like I'm ignoring my youngest. She just plays by herself a lot. She's really a lot um, more chill, but she, she's had to be, I've had to, we brought her home and it was a very difficult transition as it is for most toddlers, but just that really triggered a lot of her sensory issues and a lot of her behavior issues. And so just from day one, kind of my youngest just doesn't get that attention and yeah, the behaviors seemed to just, especially because it's summer, she's not, she did preschool like three hours a day, which did make behaviors worse at home, but she does really well in public. She does well around other people. Like she might look like she's probably hyperactive, but in terms of, you know, she seems people would think she's normal toddler. I hate using that word, but you know, like you don't know what's going on at home. So that made things worse. Her like holding it together at school for three hours and she does Montessori. So she, it's not just sitting and like, yeah. you know, being talked to. So it's a good fit for her, but things of course got worse at home because I stay home. So now being on summer, just that kind of lack of routine and I'm trying, but I feel like there's just not enough hours to give her the sensory diet she needs and the connection she needs, but also getting out of the house or doing anything, not feeling like we are stuck here because of her what, you know, what's Melanie doing today? Like, are we going to be able to leave the house? Are we going to be able to, you know, make plans with anyone and just being in that stage where sometimes we just can't do anything. Like we might've said, we're going to the pool, but we're not going today. Like that's feeling very frustrating and like that it'll take us three hours to leave the house just to get dressed and get. Okay. The transitions of just like getting ready to go take a long time, a long, long time. And I'm trying really hard to take that morning chunk and connect and do a sensory activity and do like a movement activity and um, get all the sensory things in that she needs. But then by the time, but it just seems like it's, we're stuck. Like it just still isn't enough. Then by the time I do ask her, something explodes. Like, I don't know where to go from there. It's like, she understands our schedule and what we're doing, but I don't know. And then we'll try to go to the gym because they have a pool and I'll exercise first and she'll go to the class and she just loses it. Like she doesn't want to go. First of all, she doesn't like that disconnection from me, which is understandable, but also I'm kind of at the point where 
I need it. I need to, I need a break. Like, and we're not going until 10 o'clock. Like we have all morning. It just feels unreasonable to me that we can't have three hours together and then go to the gym and you have an hour away and then we go to the pool and like you are getting to do what you want to do. And the kids area is so fun. They have all this fun stuff. Like she loves it when she's in there, but like leaving me is it's a fight. It is like screaming, holding on to me. That stuff has been frustrating. And then the aggression with um, her sister is obviously a trigger (laughs) for me. And just the, the dysregulation, even on good days, if she, she could be in a good mood and not having meltdown after meltdown, but she, when she's dysregulated, which is often lately, we're having a really hard time, like resetting that. Like it used to be like a meltdown, an hour long meltdown would kind of hit that reset button. And we knew we'd wake up the next day and have our daughter back. But now it's just like, we're in this like two week long dysregulation and I can't get her back and it's every little thing so even on a day where she's not having a meltdown necessarily and she's in a good mood if she's dysregulated it's just I mean everything she walks by she has to throw it on the ground she has to touch you she has to be jumping on top of you she's pulling your hair she's um pushing her sister every time she walks by even if she's not doing anything aggressive she's not being malicious she just that proprioception or whatever she needs is not being met even though we will do all of our normal activities for her. It's just like (laughs) throwing her clothes out of the drawers, throwing her food on the ground. I mean, every little thing has to be over the top and it has to be. So even those days, I'm just like, how do we get out of this cycle? It just, I feel like we're just kind of at the point where we're waiting things out where it's like, okay, we're going to have two really terrible weeks. I mean, and the meltdowns are hour long, kicking me, hitting me, spitting in my face, slapping me, um, biting me, pinching, kicking her sister, kicked her sister in the face the other day, throwing things down the stairs. Throw. I mean, she's not there. She's just, she's not, she's gone and you can't do anything, but it's like, I, she wants to be on top of me, but then she's violent. She's hurting me. So I'm trying to hold her down, but it becomes so aggressive. I mean, I have hurt her because it's so just me trying to hold her from hurting me becomes so aggressive. Like you can't. And then she's saying I'm hurting, you know, and I've left marks on her. She's, I mean, she's super fair skinned. She like everything leaves a mark, but it's like, I have left, you know, where the process is. So, and again, those meltdowns used to be really cathartic for her, but she can't even pull out of them anymore. When she stops everything after that is a trigger. Like we are not getting out of. And I, I didn't know if like, we thought we had made a lot of progress with like her moral reflex. And so I stopped doing those things because her therapist thought it was um, incorporated or whatever. And it just feels like a lot of these things seem like that again, like the easily triggered. And I don't, I don't know if we need to go back to occupational therapy or is just more of like a connection issue, but I'm really, but then I don't, I don't want to connect when we're in these phases. Like I I'm done. <laughs> like I want, then we don't even do our um, like special time at night because I just have to leave like cope stairs for, you know, my husband has to just do everything by himself at night. Cause I'm, I don't want to even look at her. Yeah. I mean, I want you to just feel comfortable to let it out. Like it's okay to have your feelings And 
I also want to say like, I know, I mean, it might be not quite as intense as what you're experiencing, but I have been in your position. So I totally understand what you're saying, you know, about not wanting to connect because it can be really hard when you're just battling all day. I know you said special time is really hard right now because of all the behaviors. Do your kids wake up at the same time? Is your older one up earlier or like, is there nap times or what's your schedule kind of look like just as far as um, times that you would have alone with her? Is, is there any? Yeah, she does wake up before my youngest. So we try to have time together, but mornings sometimes it's been a little bit better with some of the stuff we've implemented, but for a while she woke up so angry that there, I couldn't even get in any connection or, I mean, we started the day with screaming violence, aggression, that happened a bit to the point where I can, she has more freedom now leaving her room on her own. That's made her feel start mornings better so we do get that time together in the morning so I try to connect with her um but it it easily (laughs) goes off the rails like you know if she doesn't eat or whatever so I get that time with her and then um she doesn't really nap anymore but I try to do like a quiet time for her which has been just a huge point of contention it's been because she was in school so I didn't have to do this so I felt like I still really want her to take a break and like quiet her you know just relax a little bit and she can't she can't do that with her body right now and I know that would probably be a good time for us but I have a hard time letting that time go like I want to she'll go play outside and I take a break in my room but I know I was just thinking that today that maybe it's been such a point of contention it makes her so wired that after rest time is really difficult behaviors and then that leads into like dinner time before my husband gets home like we've had a really hard time so that is a chunk of time where I would have free so and you said that you would normally do special time like are you talking about like at night when your husband's home that's usually when you do it yeah So what I would I mean I think you should still get a break (laughs) I do I don't think there's anything wrong with that I think it's needed. Like you're in a season where you need a break and that's okay. Um, I think we can, um, work it out so you can still have a little connection, but you still get a break. I think that's really important because if you don't have a break to decompress yourself, you can't stay calm. Like Mm -hmm. you, you have, when you are taking in all these emotions, and you don't have anywhere to put them because you're trying to stay calm and you don't have another adult to be talking to in like immediately. Um, it's really hard not to be triggered. It really is. And so I think it's perfectly fine for you to have a break. What I think would be really good because does she understand what special time is? Yeah. She'll still refer to that sometimes. Okay. So what I would suggest is telling her like before bed, we're going to have special time. If, if you can do it, my recommendation would be as soon as she wakes up and it doesn't have to be, I don't know how long you were doing it, but it doesn't have to be 20 minutes. You could say, we're going to do five or 10 or seven or whatever, like you think could work out, um, minutes of special time before we go have breakfast or, you know, whatever might be next, because 
the thing about, you know, well, her specifically, she's obviously really, she's disconnected a lot because she can't think and she has so much fear stored up. But if you can tell her ahead of time and sleep, you know, sleeping because she's away from you, even though she's sleeping is disconnecting in general. So if you can give her that dose of special time right away, even if it's five minutes, mm-hmm. and if she understands it, then you can tell her beforehand, you know, right when you wake up, we're going to do X amount of special time minutes together and you can pick whatever you want and I'm going to do it with you. And then we're going to have breakfast or again, whatever that looks like. And then again, when her sister, right. It's a sister. Yeah. <laughs> nap, um, even, even then either at the start or at the end, or maybe you could bookend it for like five minutes each or something, you know, have her go to bed and then say, we're going to do five minutes of special time. And then you get to go play outside and I'm going to whatever. And then, cause does, does your youngest tend to sleep about the same amount of time? Like, is it a predictable schedule? Yeah, it's pretty predictable or she'll, I mean, she'll hang out when she wakes up. So it's, it okay. can be predictable. So then I would say either if you can do a little bit at the start of her nap, again, mm-hmm. five to 10 minutes or whatever you can manage. And then again, before her nap ends. And if you don't feel like you can do both, then I would stick to the right before her nap ends. Okay. Because otherwise that's a long time for her to go without specific attention only on her when she's dealing with all of this stuff. And Mm -hmm. then to get connected right before you have to divide your attention, even though I know a lot is going to her, she sees it as dividing, like she's not getting all of you. Yeah. Um, So then if you can come with some of that special time right before that transition happens. And then, you know, when your husband gets home, if he can do some special time with her and give you a little bit of a break or so that you can give special time to your youngest, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've done it with her at all, but it might be like, that might be really helpful for you and her. So you feel like she's getting some of the attention as well. So, and I don't know, like, if you feel like you have somebody that you can offload things to one of the big things for parents that I've shared a little bit about is called listening partnerships. And basically it's, you know, you are paired up with somebody or you choose to have somebody be like your partner or whatever. Um, Ideally it's better if you don't know them or know them very well, because sometimes that can block you from really feeling free to share whatever you want to share. But the idea is that you regularly have a call together and you literally just talk and the other person just listens like you're trying to do with your daughter. You're sitting there supporting her through her big feelings. And we need that as well, especially when we're taking on so much intense emotion that has to have somewhere to go. And if it doesn't, it makes it really hard to stay calm yourself. And I know um, finding somebody like that can be really hard. So if you feel like you might know somebody that you can do that with or another mom or, you know, whatever, Mm. I would really recommend doing that. Um, But otherwise, sometimes, like, I don't know if you've heard of the Voxer app or if you like to journal or something, but I think trying to get it out in some way would be really helpful. And just like, if you, have you heard of Voxer? Hmm. It's just like a walkie talkie app. 
so you can it's like um talk texting but it's not texting it's just relaying the voice message <laughs> and there's an option to just do it to yourself so even like if you can just if she is really frustrating you and you can go in your room I mean you wouldn't have to do it on the boxer app but I feel like you, or just say it out loud but I feel like getting it out is really helpful even if you can't be it's ideal that somebody would be listening to you but you know in your instance it might be really helpful even if you're just going into your room shutting the door and you're just like letting out your deep feelings like I really hate this right now I don't want to connect with her just like truly how you actually feel without feeling like oh I can't feel that because I'm her mom and I'm supposed to be like the safe space for her or whatever because it you know when we have these big feelings it doesn't necessarily mean that you know they're what we truly believe but it's what our body is feeling and what we need to express and our brain understands what we need to process and so when we can be just letting out whatever is coming that's processing and starting to heal up some of whatever the traumas or the hurts that we have ourselves and it's again like I talked about for your daughter clearing up some of that space in your brain so then you can go back and have more calm and patience and some control around some of those behaviors so I mean if you're willing to do that or if you like to write or type like sometimes I would just type it so that I can at least get it out I think that would be good, especially because it happens so frequently, you know, for you throughout the day that if you can just do it, you know, quickly, and then you're going back just whenever you feel like, like, I, I can't take this anymore, or you're about to bubble up and just talk for a few minutes, or if you want to schedule a time each day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> be alone mm -hmm. and sit in your car and even just shout it out loud to yourself, like however that might look for you. I, I think because that's really where the transformation happens for us, because we're processing through our own hurts that maybe we're not even aware of. I think that would be something good to try. Yeah, I definitely, I looked into like on the hand in hand Facebook page, like listening partnerships and just never was like, I always get on there and look and then haven't really pursued it, but I know that people, I mean, the, how people talk about them. I know it sounds like it's very helpful. It's hard to imagine how that works, but. And honestly, I mean, I don't know how you are, but for me, it was really uncomfortable. And I was like, how can I get out of this part of the class? And yeah. you're like, how can I actually not have to do it? And some days we would like have a call schedule and I'd be like, I really don't know what to say but like you're forced to just talk and all of a sudden, like you start talking about one thing and then all of a sudden you're like talking about something way over here. Um, but I think for you, like you at least right now have a lot to let off, you know, mm -hmm. like you have a lot to unload, just like she does. You just aren't really allowed to sometimes, you know, because you're yep. trying really hard to manage her. So, um, I, if you're, if you're open to that, I would I would definitely recommend doing that because it, it does feel really uncomfortable at first, mm -hmm. but it's really, really helpful. And really like that is one of the biggest 
keys that I think has resolved a lot of my deep rooted issues and why I can stay calm through things that I never could have before. So, um, but do you feel like you can, like, do you feel like you have some confidence in listening through some of the aggression? Like, is there a point where you're like, I, I don't know how to handle this. Like, let's kind of wrap up with making sure you feel good about going into some of these listening sessions. Cause that's really where, where we need to have the bulk of the. Yeah. Time, yeah. You know? I feel confident in what I know. I just don't feel confident in why some days are so much harder for me. So maybe unpacking that, like doing the listening partnership, I doing something like that, I think would help because it feels like I don't know why some days things trigger me more, or if it's just a cumulative effect, like, okay, we've done this every day for a week or it's something stupid. Like the last one, the, where she kicked her sister in the face was that I decided like we need, I need to hold these boundaries better. I cannot let some of this behavior like run our lives. So something so simple, like she threw my shirt on the ground when I was getting ready and we were going to go to the pool and she threw my shirt on the ground. And I, I knew it was going to be like a make or break. Like if I hold this boundary, we're not going to the pool. I knew it was going to explode. And I said, like, I need you to pick up my shirt. Like I just get like some of those things I won't even notice because she does it all the time. And then some days is a trigger. Like I'm so sick of you just throwing everything you see. Like I want to just get dressed and leave and you are responsible for what you do with your body. So I need you to pick it up. Like I'm not, you know, and I sat with her and tried to help her pick it up. And it just, it was that she needed to unload some feelings, but then I feel like those times are so hard when it's like you were just trying to leave the house. We were trying to do something fun. We were going to go do something fun. And it's really hard for me to pull it back, like pull back that disappointment. And then my other daughter has her some on is saying, I want to go to the gym. I want to go to the pool. And she was excited. And then she's being punished for not punished, but you know, yeah. Yeah. it that, that affects her. So that, I don't know how that is ever going to feel okay for me, how that's ever going to be a point at which I can say, you know, she's overwhelmed and this is what she needs right now. Because that was like day three of us, day four of us not being able to go do something fun and -hmm. staying home all day. It was just like, I don't know at what point that's going to be. I'm going to be able to stay calm. It feels very, it does feel hopeless, I guess. I think that there are the times that you feel more triggered are because it could be because, you know, you've been taking on so much and you've come to a point where it's time for you to offload. Like you've taken on too much and you, you can't, your brain cannot take anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be because, you know, we can be, we're not triggered by things like being hungry or tired, but because it's a lot of brain work for us to hold ourselves together when we are tired or hungry or stressed or whatever. Now our brain has more to focus on and we're less able to contain some of those feelings that we might otherwise. So that might also be why some days you're triggered more than others. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot to take on other people's, your children's feelings. And especially when it's constant, 
Um, I don't want to throw too much at you, but one thing that um, I'll just leave you with that you can think about, and you know, we can always talk about another time too, but in those days that you feel like, um, you know, you're, you want to go to the pool, she does something that feels triggering for you, but you know, your, your youngest is like, you don't want to take that away from her is thinking mm-hmm. about how can I make this into play? to get her to do what I want her to do. It's almost like you're tricking her to do it, but you're making it into fun. And I know a lot of people have a hard time with that because it's like, well, then they're not learning the lesson because I'm playing about it. But the truth is they are because, you know, play is the work of a child. That's actually how they learn. But also if you can get her laughing, that's a good way to process feelings too. And to help her feel connected to you. So, you know, if she does something, if, I mean, that's obviously not like unsafe. Like we don't want to like, she's kicking her sister make that a play or something. But if she's doing it to you, you could like, ouch, that really hurt. Like, you know, like just make it silly if you can. And that can be really hard too. But sometimes that's easier than thinking about like, I'm going to have to sit through this huge fit and then, you know, and it's not going to resolve anything. And then my other daughter is not going to be able to do, you know, this thing that she wants to do. And I don't want her to have to miss it. So sometimes that might be a good option for you and didn't just table it, play through it, get out and do what you need to do. And then maybe when you come back, then you might have the capacity more than to be like, okay, now we've gotten out. We did some fun activities together. My other daughter got to do something fun. You know, we had fun together. Now I have the capacity to be able to sit with her through a tantrum because, you know, right now she's easily triggered. So you're not going to be shy of allowing a tantrum. And if you are, it's easy enough to trigger one by setting, you know, a limit. So I think that might also be something to think about, like, how can I make this into something fun? And if you can't think of play, like, I bet you can't throw that in the laundry basket way over there. That's too far, you know, or just like anything that will get her to still do it, but make it funny. Thinking in your mind, can I sit through an aggressive episode right now or can I play? Mm. Because you're going to have to do one of them, you know, which can you handle right now? And just trying to go from there. Yeah. It's nice to have some recommendations in our, I'm so in this bubble of like reading books on regulation and sensory processing and doing OT and all the the activity side of things. So it's nice to just look at the Those things are great, but I also think just learning what I know now, um, there's a lot of things that as OTs aren't taught, you know, like we, as far as behavior goes. And I think this is a a big area that's lacking in terms of actually having our kids learn how to regulate because Mm -hmm. there's, you know, connection is a vital necessity and a lot of sensory strategies can help with that, but it's not, it's not processing those deep feelings that are stored up there. So I think it's going to be really, really helpful. I see the vision for you. (laughs) that I see the fruit that's going to be growing on your tree. (laughs) You may not be able to see it, but I can. And I, I have been in your shoes where I felt hopeless too. Like nothing is going to get better. Um, and it does, it does. And it will. Okay, great. Thank you so much. 
Real quick, before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories, and take me, at Kaylee Josire, and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget, God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.